Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, January 6th, and we are eight days away from the Bruins starting the season against the New Jersey Devils, and I, for one, am quite excited. I remarked on Twitter yesterday that despite the playoff failings, despite a lackluster offseason, training camp always seems to rope me back in, and I'm very excited about this team at the moment. And today on the podcast, I'm going to take my best guess at the opening night roster, as well as answer some mailbag questions and take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Before I get to that, let me remind you that the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get podcasts. Please do subscribe. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. I got a review the other day from a Leafs fan, of all people, who really enjoys the show, and I really appreciate that. It was not friend of the program, Mayor Zilberberg, Leafs fan, page six. She's been on the podcast a few times. Uh, so whoever it was, thank you very much for taking the time to do that, and I really appreciate it. Just out here, breaking down walls between Bruins and even Leafs fans. Um, What else? Yeah, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at LO underscore Boston Bruins. We're also on Instagram at LockedOnBostonBruins. And you can find me on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren. I-A-N-C-M-C-L-A-R-E-N. For those of you who don't know me, lifelong Bruins fan, been writing about hockey for over a decade, worked for The Score up here in Toronto for five years as a full-time hockey news editor, and uh, yeah, the last few years just working from home as a digital marketer by day in Guelph, Ontario, which is about an hour west of Toronto, and uh, been doing this podcast since October 2019, I guess, and really excited that hockey is once again around the corner. So I mentioned off the top that I was going to give my best guess as to who will be in the lineup on opening night. Now there's a couple caveats here, obviously. David Pasternak is injured, and he will be on the shelf for up to a month, meaning his spot on the top line, right side, needs to be filled. At the moment, it seems as though that role will be given to Jack Stanika, the rookie forward who very much impressed at the AHL level last season. 23 goals, 26 assists for 49 points in 60 games, his first full AHL season. He also appeared in a couple regular season games for the Bruins, added an assist, held pointless in the playoffs, but did not look out of place, and so much so that he'll likely be given the opportunity to fill in for David Pasternak on the top line alongside uh, Patrice Bergeron and a fully healthy Brad Marchand. Uh, And again, Pasternak expected to miss perhaps up to a month of action. So, uh, sorry, Stadnika will really get a chance to prove not only that he belongs 
at the NHL level, but that he can hang with some of the best players in the game. Uh, failing that, we might see some of the other right wingers be promoted up there. Uh, the second line right winger at the moment appears to be Andre Kasha, who was acquired last season from the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Not Ducks, just Ducks, not Mighty Ducks, sorry. And he is slotted in to start the season with David Krejci and Jake DeBrusque, where he was assumed to fit in upon his uh, acquisition. He did, of course, not impress very many people following the trade deadline and in the playoff bubble. Uh, he only had a handful of games with the Bruins after being acquired from Anaheim. Quarantine issues heading into the bubble, and I, for one, am still very much ready to give him a chance to prove that he is indeed uh, a quality winger and one that David Krejci in particular has been yearning for uh, for quite some time, along with Jake DeBrusque, who on Tuesday said he very much believes he's up for a breakout season. 30 goals, probably not in the cards, seeing as it's only a 56-game season, but scoring at that kind of pace is something we want to see from Jake DeBrusque this season. On the third line, we have Craig Smith, who was acquired, not acquired, but signed by the Bruins as an unrestricted free agent this past October. He comes by way of the Nashville Predators, and he has been a very reliable scorer for them in recent years. In uh, last season, he scored 18 goals, added 13 assists for 31 points in 69 games. Prior to that, he had a 21-goal season, a 25-goal season, 21, 23, 24 as well. So he, you know, very capable, consistent scorer. And Charlie Coyle has said that he was very excited when the team signed him, and they have looked pretty good together in camp so far. And so that duo looks to be set on the third line, and that will be a very dangerous and difficult matchup for many uh, opposition's third lines as well as their bottom pair defensemen. On the left side, I had assumed that Andres Bjork would take that role. It appears at the moment that it's going to go to Nick Ritchie, uh, who is going to get a chance to prove that he's not just a penalty taker, but that he can contribute and hang with some possession-minded, offensive, kind of forechecking, um, cycling-type players in Coyle and Smith. Again, that's not set in stone, but that's just how I see things working out. On the fourth line, it looks like we'll see Trent Frederick along with Sean Corrali and Chris Wagner. Trent Frederick, of course, drafted late in the first round a few years ago, over talented scorers like Alex Dabrinkit. Tough, physical, the kind of guy that if fans were in the stands would bring them out of their seats. Um, not afraid to drop the gloves and also not afraid to get in front of the net. And he could really compliment Corrali and Wagner very well. So that's how I see the opening night forwards shuffling out based on what we've seen so far in camp. That would be Marshan Bergeron, Studnika, DeBrusque, Krejci, Kasha, Richie, Coyle, Smith, and then Frederick, Corrali, Wagner. And that would leave guys like um, Anders Bjork on the sidelines, Zach Sinishin, Kirsten Kuhlman, 
uh, Anton Bleed, uh, Par Lindholm. We'll have to see which players are kept up as NHLers, which are put on the taxi squad, and which are shuffled down to the AHL. But at the moment, that's uh, what I see the starting or the opening night lineup looking like up front. On the back end, it looks as though, and I think it's a solid idea, Matt Grizzlick is kind of being billed or groomed as Tory Krug 2.0. Where did Krug play most often? That was on the second pair alongside Brandon Carlo. That pair has been skating together in training camp. And Charlie McAvoy, who it had been thought that he would play with Grizzlick, has been playing with Jeremy Lozon. He skated on the right side as a left-hand shot with Matt Grizzlick last season. Uh, really solid defenseman who could complement McAvoy uh, pretty well. And then the third pair, it appears as though Kevin Miller will resume duties on the right side, skating with either Jacobs Borrell or Yerho Vakaninen, whichever one of those two youngsters steps up. That would leave the reserves as John Moore, Connor Clifton as kind of the fourth pairing, and then Stephen Kampfer as well with whoever doesn't impress out of Zborl and Vakaninen. In net, of course, Tugarask will get the lion's share of starts this season. Bruce Cassidy on Tuesday said he expects Rask to start about 60% of the games, not a full 50-50 split with Yaroslav Halak. His family is doing well. All of that's in the past, and as I expected, the team welcomed Tugarask back with open arms, and it is you know, a contract year for him. So I expect a pretty solid showing from him. Um, and then Halak, of course, backing him up. That's how I see the defense and the goaltending. Uh, Lozon, McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo, probably Zborl with Miller, but Yerho Vakaninen has a chance to take that as well with Moore and Clifton and Kampfer serving as the reserves. Before we get to the mailbag, let me talk for a moment about betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? College football is heading into the bowl season. There are some big matchups coming up, as well as the NFL playoffs, and of course, the NBA is motoring along, NHL right around the corner. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your sports book experts. Be sure to follow our good friends and exclusive partner betonline.ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up at betonline.ag. Speaking of bets, we have an exciting new podcast here at the Locked On Network, and that's Locked On Bets. You don't have to be worried about guessing when you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. On Wednesdays here at Locked On Bruins, we do a mailbag segment, and I generally put out a call for questions at ENC McLaren and at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And uh, thank you to those who sent in questions this week. Let's begin with a question from at the Jalong. 
And they ask, will Cliffy Hockey be in the starting lineup on opening night and most of the season? Based on what we talked about earlier, it appears as though the answer to that question is no. On the right side, we have Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo, and Kevin Miller, with Cliffy Hockey and Stephen Kampfer falling in line as the reserves on the right side. And don't forget that Jeremy Lozon is a left-hand shot, but he also played on the right side. How I see the D pairings playing out, Lozon, McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo, either Borel or Vakaninen playing with uh, Kevin Miller on the third pair. Then you have John Moore, Connor Clifton, and Steve Kampfer playing with Zborl or Vakaninen as well. Those are kind of the 10 and how they shape up in my estimation. So Connor Clifton, probably the next man up when it comes to the right side. But again, Jeremy Lozon could step in as well if they feel he's a better option than either yeah, Clifton or Kampfer. Next question comes from Dave at DAV underscore NES. Looks like Stadnika will be skating to the right of Bergeron at the start of the season. Where do you think he plays when Pasta returns? Great question. And again, here on Wednesday morning, as training camp practices begin, Group A is out there and Marchand, Bergeron, Stadnika, indeed a trio uh, to be reckoned with to begin the season. When Pasternak comes back, obviously he will take back his spot atop the depth chart on the right side. And then you have Andre Kasha and Craig Smith as pretty good options on the right side as well. With Chris Wagner currently uh, rocking the fourth line with Trent Frederick and Sean Corrali. So where, again, does Jack Stanika fit into the mix once Pasternak is healthy? Again, that depends on injuries, whether... A guy like Charlie Coyle or David Krejci or Sean Corrali are injured. You could put Stanika in his more natural center spot. Or you could bump Chris Wagner out of the lineup and have a fourth line of Trent Frederick and Sean Corrali, Jack Stanika, which would be pretty cool. Um, or, yeah, there's a bunch of possibilities for sure. If... Jack Stanika, A, looks good enough to be on the top line. You'd expect that he'd be somewhere in the lineup once Pasternak is healthy. And my best guess would be, if everyone's healthy, that he would be bumped down to the fourth line along with Corrali and Frederick and, um, yeah, with Chris Wagner taking a seat. But, again, that's all up for debate and all up to the discretion of head coach Bruce Cassidy. Next question comes from friend of the show, Greg, at GJF Kessler. He asks, could the Bruins beat the U.S. World Junior Championship gold medal team? And yes, full credit to the American Junior team for taking care of Team Canada. Spencer Knight of the Florida Panthers with a shutout and... Trevor Zagras, Alex Turcotte scoring the two goals needed for the Americans to win the title. Devin Levi made 19 saves for Canada. They had come in red hot, but um, yeah, the Americans, full credit to them for taking care of the Canadians and earning that gold medal. 
Zagras ranks second on the U.S. all-time list for points in a single tournament, 19 points tied with Doug Waite in 1991, and second on the single tournament assist list, again tying Doug Waite 14 in 1991. Tied for most career points with Jordan Schroeder and career assists with Jordan Schroeder as well. Canada had 19 first-round picks on its roster. United States only had nine. I would think that, yes, the Bruins would take care of the U.S. team despite their very promising showing against Team Canada on Tuesday night. Final question comes from Beth at Iverwit, and she asks, how many Blues and or Capitals games do you plan on checking out? And uh, I'm not really one for, you know, self-punishment, so I don't plan on watching too much of Tori Krug in a Blues jersey and Zdeno Chara in a Capitals jersey. Obviously, I'll watch at least eight Capitals games because they are in the same division as the Bruins. Therefore, we'll be playing them quite a bit. Don't know if um, Chara will be in the lineup for each of those games. Again, he is advanced in age. I don't know if it's prudent to play him in back-to-backs, but, you know, I'll be watching at least eight Capitals games, probably no Blues games this season uh, for obvious reasons. And this wasn't a mailbag question, but I forgot to mention the other day that betonline.ag released their over-under point totals for the upcoming season. From highest to lowest, the Bruins are coming in fourth. They have the Avalanche over-under at 73.5 points, as well as the Tampa Bay Lightning, 73.5. The Vegas Golden Knights at 71.5, and the Boston Bruins at 70.5. In the East Division, stacks up like this. The New Jersey Devils at the bottom at 52.5. The Buffalo Sabres at 54.5. New York Rangers, 59.5. The Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Islanders at 64.5. Washington Capitals, 65.5. Philadelphia Flyers at 66.5. And And the Bruins, again, at 70.5 points. Those are your over-under betting point totals for the East Division teams this season. And based on that, it'll be the Bruins... At top of the division, Flyers Capitals in the middle, and then Islanders and Penguins fighting it out for that fourth spot, and that would be the Bruins' first-round opponent in the playoffs if that were all to hold and to come to fruition. So interesting things to uh, to note there on those point totals. Just a couple notes from the Bruins' skate here this morning. It looks like Zboril continues to skate with Kevin Miller. So that kind of holds true with my predictions from earlier with Lozon being paired with McAvoy, Grizzly Carlo, Zboril, Miller. Lozon and McAvoy are skating again here this morning. Andres Bjork is skating with Corrali and Wagner, it should be noted, with Frederick bumped down to skate with Par Lindholm and Zach Sinitian, two guys that will likely start the season as reserves. Finally, nobody asked, but I'll just say kind of what I'm into right now in terms of pop culture stuff. Currently working through season four of Justified, which is a great show that my wife and I are both really loving. And uh, that's pretty much what we've been watching in the evenings at the moment. I've also been watching Superstore, uh, underrated sitcom that I hadn't really checked out before, but it is 
very funny and uh, my favorite parts are probably the little quiet bits where there's just uh, random people around the store doing weird things. Book-wise, I just finished The Reckoning by John Grisham, and I have The Guardians by John Grisham on tap. Don't really know why, but I'm going through a bit of a Grisham phase and uh, some World War One and World War II fiction, historical fiction books on tap uh, on request at the library. Music-wise, not really anything new at the moment, and uh, hopefully there's some good music that's coming out soon to get into. Before we get to some news and notes from around the NHL, let's talk for a moment about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. There are nut and non-nut options. Each bar is gluten-free, which is very important to me uh, as someone who has celiac. They're also covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They're great, however, for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today on the Locked On NHL podcast, the East Division previews are being uh, posted. So you can go over there and listen to some thoughts from each of the East Division hosts. I should say the Mass Mutual Eastern Division. I should note that uh, a good preview contributor around the NHL is Dom Lecician from The Athletic, and he just dropped his Bruins 2021 season preview. He said the reason the Mass Mutual East Division is so tough is because it added this team to the top of it. The Bruins are an elite team, but their positional balance is very odd, leaving some room for concern. Dom projects them to be at 71.5 points thereby taking the division with a 33-18-5 record. He wrote, What's amazing about Boston still being at the top is that the team had a pretty terrible offseason. The Bruins lost key members on defense that they refused to replace, and their best score is out to start the year. And yet it doesn't really matter all that much because the team was already starting from such a lofty height. Despite very real concerns with the roster's current balance and construction, There's still too much talent on the team overall, especially at the top of the roster. As long as those players are still playing at a high level with some depth around them, the Bruins will be in position to contend. So all those saying, uh, you know, Don Sweeney's job is on the line, the Bruins are in trouble. According to at least one pretty in-tune writer, the Bruins should be just fine for this season at least. He said... There's room for additions, and the team has a fair bit of cap flexibility. They still have time to change their makeup and make a Muzzin-like addition to really solidify the top four. That one piece on the left side would go an incredibly long way for them. The Bruins only have so many more chances to make a Stanley Cup run. With the age of their core, this might be the team's last best shot. Boston is good enough now to get there and are one of the league's best teams regardless of its strange roster construction. One more piece would quiet any doubts, though, and it might be good enough to put the team over the edge. 
The Bruins are already scary good as is. They would be terrifying then. So be encouraged, Bruins fans. You know, there is hope for a pretty solid season this year at the very least. Of course, the impending free agencies of Tugarask and David Krejci throw a bit of a wrench in that. But for this season at least, the Bruins are well positioned to contend in my humble opinion. I mentioned the divisional sponsors again. The Bruins look to have a sponsor for their helmet stickers, and that's TD Bank. No surprise there. Could have gone a couple ways. Dunkin' Donuts, TD Bank, and they're going with the TD as their helmet sponsors. A couple Boston notes from Elliot Friedman's latest 31 Thoughts column to wrap up the podcast. First, he wrote, when Boston was eliminated by Tampa Bay, the post-series Zoom calls were incredibly emotional. One reason that this group of Bruins won a cup and reached two other finals is they are determined and they care. One source warned it was deeper than that. They look like they know this might be it for this group, he said at the time. That's proven prophetic with Zdeno Chara's move to Washington. The hardest part of Chara's offseason was not deciding where he was going to play, but if he was going to play. If not the Bruins, was retirement the best option for him and his family? Once he decided to compete, then he considered other options. I'm not in any hurry to see him retire, and it's foolish to underestimate his potential impact in Washington. Awesome. Freeman also wrote the Bruins and the New Jersey Devils are among clubs interested in free agent defenseman Ben Hutton. That's a name that's been bandied about a little bit recently. 27-year-old left-hand shot. I don't know if that's the impact player that, you know, Dom referenced earlier that the Bruins should add, but another guy that they are certainly keeping an eye on. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen today. Thank you for those who subscribe and download on a regular basis. It really does mean a lot. And we will be back tomorrow with an interview with someone who has eyes on training camp. Very excited to connect again with Connor Ryan, who, uh, yeah, I'll be recording that later. And you can expect that conversation to be posted tomorrow. I hope you all have a great Wednesday and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Take care, friends.